welcome to a brand new Five Heart Podcast live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. My name is Greg Mahochko. I'm your host. Joining me, as always, he is our founder. He is our fearless leader. He's the guy who brought us all together and makes us all better each and every day. John Damn Johnston. Hello, <laughs> sir. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, my I'm, God. I'm better for knowing you. I'm better for knowing you, John. Oh, well, that's, that's nice. That's nice of you to say. I Elon mean, Musk is destroying Twitter as we sit here talking. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm not, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to react to that. I, I, I am on Twitter for the extent of a Nebraska football game where I am live-tweeting reactions or, or sometimes tape delayed tweeting if I have to DVR the game, uh, and and that's about it. Like I don't. I you know I've I've enjoyed I I can't think of another platform where I can write uh, like one sentence and insult the states of Iowa and Minnesota and like Wisconsin <laughs> all at the same time. And that's you know if it actually dies, that's what I will miss. Is how am I going to be able to do that? I mean, you put it on a website. And first of all, you're not sure if those people read it. And secondly, you don't get the instant feedback of er, except that this year, Wisconsin and Iowa and Minnesota have all been about as pathetic as we are at football. And it's not, you know, they're not, they're not, what do they call that? Tap back? What do they shout back? Whatever. I don't know. They're not responding. Clap back. There you go. Iowa, the Iowa fans normally would uh, get after me so much for, you know, bagging on them, and, and they don't at all now because they're all, you know, they, they're dealing with their own problems there. Well, I, I don't know if it's PC to say anymore, but there's a, it's, it's a quote from a movie, so I'm an, I don't, I can't, I can't cite my source, but uh, 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 no ball pussy losers. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Owen I, Walker I, is here. Good, good evening, gentlemen. And we—it's fairly quiet so far. Thank you. Good Owen. evening to you, Owen, and thank yeah. you for joining us. We we know that you could be watching a lot of garbage TV tonight, and we thank you for choosing us. I made a negative tweet about Elon Musk earlier, and the Elon Musk fanboys are kind of beating me up on Twitter a little bit. Did you ask them? Let's go on to something there? else. Let's, let's move on to something. I mean, if we want to talk about something that's uh, equally depressing, but at least close to our hearts, we could talk about Nebraska football. Well, you know, the good <laughs> news is is that the next two games, the next two games, if we have Casey Thompson in the lineup, I think the next two games are very winnable. I, I, really I agree. Do. I agree 100%. Um, and I think it's something we're going to get to a little bit later in the show. Um but we're sitting right now three and seven. Five and seven mm-hmm. teams have have made bowl games since they started throwing, you know, a, a bunch of bowl games at us starting in the second week of December. So I say all that to say we beat Wisconsin, we beat Iowa. We're going bowling. You know, it'd be nice. I mean, it'd be, you know, the whole Wisconsin thing, I mean, we haven't beat them in 10 years. And that just sounds ridiculous. So, if anything else, you know, I realize this is kind of a throwaway year. 
But, uh, you know, we could still get some good out of it. I mean, we could break some streaks like the Iowa and Wisconsin losing streaks and and at least have something to feel good about going into going into the offseason and waiting to see what happens with our new coach and who he is and who we can complain about. <laughs> That's what it'll be. It, it, it will be it, almost instantaneous finding out who he is and then and – then bitching about him uh max godfrey on uh, join us on youtube says casey will be starting uh mj said it today we'll take that you know Uh, what would be even better than casey starting casey finishing Ooh, (laughs) there you go (laughs) yeah let's jump right to it because uh simple jack says love the shirt john but simple jack (gasps) we've got some news for you john are you ready yeah it's a it's a jacket it's it, actually it's, a it, jacket. But Oh, remember this? Remember we still did who needs luck? Well, Nebraska did. Uh but it's not just a jacket. It's, it's not uh, just a jacket, folks. It's uh le- leggings. <laughs> you can be hideous all over. <laughs> tell them where tell them where well they'll be able to find some of that sweet, sweet coronation merch. Well, here's the thing. Uh, these aren't in the store yet because I wanted to buy them. And I wanted to see if they fit well and they felt well good. And they, you know, yeah, I'm not going to sell something I wouldn't wear myself, at least from a, a fit and how it feels. You know, I don't want to sell junk. So these aren't in the store yet, but at cobbycorn.com, uh, that's where everything's going to go. You know what? I'll put them up in the store soon and we'll see if people are, well, or people are crazy enough to wear these things because, you know, this is comfortable. And I like the, the, I mean, let's face it, I, I mostly work at home. I live at home. And uh, this is the kind of clothes I wear all the time now. <laughs> so I, I got to say, um, I love the I wear right now. It's it's an official, uh, you know, three-stripe life or whatever you want to call it. And uh, this was hand-delivered. <laughs> Jeez, Highlander. <laughs> uh, Highlander bringing the heat. Uh <laughs> Um, Lord yourself, come on now. Uh, this this hoodie was hand delivered uh, to the Nebraska Illinois game in the se- It was the um, 2015 season. My wife was pregnant with our oldest at the time, and this was hand delivered by none other than Mr. Brett Baker. And uh, I mean, I, I paid for it, but. Uh, um, uh, so this was always always gonna be special, but I do like the the zip down hoodies. <sighs> yeah, they're, they're, I think they're more comfortable. Okay, uh, right. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm get, still getting beat up by the Elon Musk people. <laughs> put, put the people that are upset down. that I that I tweeted something political, and I didn't think it was political at all. I just said uh, Elon Musk. You know, if he if he kills Twitter, we should just lock him out of other other platforms. I'll just stop, you know. I uh, <sighs> can I share something? How would would you describe this uh, Nebraska football season, John, as a dumpster fire? I yeah, I don't want to, but I would. I mean, it's we're not good at football; we're bad at football. Would you describe it maybe a little more? Not to say there aren't dumpsters in Nebraska, but there are a lot of tractors as well. Would you say it's perhaps a tractor fire, John? I have never seen a tractor on fire. Okay. 
Uh, the only I have seen I many that... things on fire, Greg. <laughs> and I have the... set many things on fire, but not a tractor. The, uh, the only reason I ask that, it, it's, a, it's a specific uh, line of questioning. I'm holding in my hand. This was actually something that uh, I think I've talked before. I don't know if you all have total wine uh, stores yeah, up yeah. where you are. Yes. Okay. Uh, so I, I've been to the Total Wine, my local Total Wine, a few times, uh, and I like to build your own six pack. And uh, this past Sunday, I took my son, my oldest, uh, with me, to, and he just helped me pick out beers. He can't drink them, obviously, but he's just like, "Oh, what do you think about this one, Dad?" Um, you know, basically, he's he's picking things based on label. I'm picking things based on what I actually like. Uh, and I didn't read the fine print until now, so I'm scared. Um, but I have this Tractor Fire Brown Ale. Okay. Now, it's not just a brown ale. It is a smoky chipotle pepper brown ale. Okay. I, I love a brown ale. I'm a little mm-hmm. hesitant on the uh, smoky chipotle pepper portion. But I'm going to crack this open and enjoy it, hopefully enjoy it, uh, throughout the course of this uh, show. If you see me take one drink and then I don't drink much more because the smoky chipotle pepper part of the brown ale is not for me. Uh, if you are in the comments right now, where are you at on on beers that bring a little heat? Because uh, I've tried another one, it was it was not for me. Um, so I'm curious if if you're a beer drinker, do you like beers that have a, a, a peppery? Way too white for peppers in your beers. Okay, thanks, Josh. Uh, <laughs> I used to every once in a while like a, a a hot beer, a spicy beer, but not very often. Would that be like, um, you know, I, I know a red beer, but would that be like a red beer with Tabasco sauce or? That was how I did them. But no, I I think that there was one. I mean, you got all those craft beers where they're trying everything. I think it was a. I don't remember. All my I realized that. I started doing crossword puzzles on an app, and I realized that uh, I have lost a lot of my knowledge of alcohol now that I don't drink anymore. <laughs> so, you know, they ask names of, like, vodka brands. I'm like, I don't know what that is. What the hell? Kharkov. Uh, that's the the best name in vodka. That's what I remember. Burr Oak Brewing Company, LLC, Columbia, Missouri. So if I die, it's because a Mizzou fan tried to kill me with beer. Um I had uh, hams in uh, when I was up in Minnesota, actually. Jacob uh, Beer Bomb also has has some hams. Um, so anyway, not bad. Uh, the I, the brown ale comes through more than the smoked chipotle pepper. So I'll be finishing this beer throughout the course of the show, John. Oh, Josh Hansen makes a good point. Kincader Devil's Gap is amazing jalapeno beer, good to drink, even better to cook with. That is a good point about a, a spicy beer, is that you can uh, use it in stuff where you would use a regular beer. Or, you know what I mean? When the when, when a recipe calls for beer, you don't want to just pour bush light into it or something. It's like, what the hell? Why not just use water? But if you can use like a craft beer that has specific taste into it, I think you can thicken up your... I don't know. Some people do that with chili, don't they? Uh, pour, I don't I'll do any of this anymore. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, read that one, John. Um. So no, last uh, Saturday, 
Nebraska went to the big house. Um, ended up on the downside of a 34-3 to decision. I'll say this. I kind of expected it to be worse than it was. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that's because I, I don't. Michigan played the style of game that Michigan's been kind of playing all season, which is they just shorten the game. You know, they um, they they had long possessions that turned into points, um, and, and Nebraska couldn't really do anything to stop them. They couldn't necessarily get off the field on, on third down. I know you and Todd talked about, uh, is there anything that Nebraska did better than Michigan? And uh, punting? Yeah, I didn't. I, was that it? See, it's already Thursday, and the game is already just. With my crappy memory, it's already. <laughs> I know that it was a boring, horrible game, but the one thing that I think Michigan did not do that they've done in a lot of their games this season was have really big plays, particularly with their running backs, and they didn't really. You know, we didn't give any big pass plays, and we didn't give any big run plays, and. I, I know that that's a little bit tiny thing to hang your hat on, but it was, um, you know, it was good. Well, I, I think it. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, I think Jacob brings up a good point. He says, uh, we knew we weren't going to win. Our defense did their best to give us hope. Um, and you're right. It, to that point, I, I think the Husker defense did a great job, like you said, John, of taking away the big plays. There weren't any home runs. Uh, the uh, Michigan, again, to their credit, because our defense, I mean, they they didn't allow the big plays, but they also couldn't get off the field. So Michigan took what we gave them, and that was nickel and diamond us down the field and chewing up clock as they went. Yeah, and they were just, I think everybody knew this going in. They were just too good a team to not do that. I I I don't know. Unless we were going to cause a, manufacture a lot of points or at least make first downs, and we didn't really do any of that. And it, it was tough. And we talked uh, kind of at the outset. Uh, and and folks, just so you know, uh, you know, I'm pinning messages and comments left and right here. Uh, so we will go back and revisit some of your com- uh, comments and questions, etc. Um, but no, Casey Thompson, and then Chubba Purdy got hurt in what was. I don't. I, I think it was, it was supposed to be a QB slide, but it was a QB, you know, moving kneel that I don't know messed up his shin or ankle or something on it or, or knee, and then you had Logan Smothers. I mean, you're not going to go in against the number three, number four, whatever you know at, at the time team in, in the nation with your third string quarterback and expect to pull out a W. It's just that Michigan is too solid, you know, uh, front to back. In all, I don't disagree, Phil. Um, but did you know he was was running, and I don't know if we necessarily expected that. I mean, he was he was more successful on either uh, design QB runs or on scrambles. I don't know if the, I, I don't know if that was a, a byproduct of him maybe not trusting his arm. You know, John. I I think he was just starting to figure out what he could and couldn't do, and then he gets injured, and you're like. He looked like me trying to slide. That's what he looked like. You know, the snow has hit Minnesota. 
the trails in uh, that we usually walk our dog in and walk for exercise are covered in ice and he looked like me trying to walk down those trails today and <laughs> that's what it looked like I, I i'm jumping out of the conversation here briefly uh one of the previous commenters asked uh, if if nebraska was ready to name you as, as head coach yet and uh, Brian comes in with, with some just downright fact. Not sure the world is ready to see John patrolling the sidelines in that outfit as our coach. Uh, you're 100% right. That would be instant intimidation to the other team. It would. They'd go blind. They would be thrown off of their <laughs> off of their game plan right away. Um, realistic, what you should do is, is get a few of those outfits boxed up and delivered to one memorial. <laughs> I don't want to make our coach. Here's your new coach. Now he's blind. There you go. No, no, no. It's, it's, fucked it's, up. <laughs> fucked up Nebraska football program forever. I mean, could we do? We'll it ease worse? it out there. We'll ease it. Yeah. Well, we've said that, Greg. We have said that. Could it be worse? And then it has been. So then it gets worse. Yeah. Yeah. Every time we say that, it just uh, it's poopier than it was before. Uh, some of the, uh, you know, we, we announced, or, or I guess it was announced earlier today by uh, Mickey Joseph that Casey Thompson will be back. Uh, Bob asks, uh, how effective can Thompson be after missing so much time? I, I mean, that, that one will play itself. I don't, look, uh, not to harp on, on the, the backups, but I mean, you can't be worse. You know, he's got a better, bigger arm, uh, and, and there's, it's, <laughs> That could be Nebraska ball. Uh, oh, come on, Phil. Um, we're, we're doing one tragedy at a time. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, but Casey Thompson for sure has a, a built-in kind of established rhythm with guys like Trey Palmer. Uh, you talk about uh, Marcus Washington as well. I don't know if you know this. They were roommates at Texas. Yeah, that's got to count for some. We we always heard about that in the uh, Tommy Armstrong, Jordan Westerkamp days. Um, so, I I think a, a Casey Tom look a, a Casey Thompson led offense is going to give you the best shot to win. You know, um, I think you you can get him out there and you you know you get Thompson early in the game throwing those sideline passes. You know, you got white uh, bubble screens or wide receiver screens and. Uh, you know, those are constraint plays, right? Those are deep plays that you use, not always successful. We always go, oh, they only gained three yards. Well, what they're successful at is making sure the defense isn't bunching up in the middle. So I think that's the one thing immediately that Thompson can do for this offense that we didn't see. I mean, I'm, I don't mean to be a jerk about this, but you saw Chubby Purdy, Chubby Purdy, <laughs> Oh, my God. Chubba Purdy tried to throw those passes, and they were just too slow. If you're going to throw those, they have to go boom. You know what I mean? And they have to get out there, and the guy has to be – they have to be in the right place so the guy doesn't have to lose his momentum. And we've seen those go for some yards with, you know, Trey Palmer or Alante Brown or Marcus Washington. And I think immediately that's what – that's what I would start to do against Wisconsin probably at the beginning of the game. And how many times, pull their pull their pull their linebackers so they have to react to the outside and then run give a few runs up the middle and and we'll see what happens with uh, you know the interior line against Wisconsin's defense. And another name that uh, you you 
I'm not gonna say you missed, but you you didn't mention is Travis Volk. Uh, you know how many times was yeah. he missed this past week against Michigan, and and that's a guy who, I mean, I I'm surprised he only has two receiving touchdowns in his Nebraska career. The first one coming you know, in his his old school Rutgers uh, just a few weeks back, and it's for a guy who's as active in the pass game as he isn't, and you know like. It, does he have the ability to – he doesn't have the height that, like, Austin Allen had. I mean, Austin Allen had um, uh, uh, something you can't coach, and that's – he was 6'9". You know, you could get the ball out there for Austin Allen, he, he's going to catch it. Um, and he was a good route runner. Volkolek, good route runner, and good hands when the ball's close. Uh, so that's another – but he was missed. There, there were a lot of uh, passes that – you know where he was. I don't even know if you can call it officially like targeted, uh, but thrown in his general direction, but not close enough that he had a, a, a real good opportunity to get those passes. So, uh, you know that's that's another one. I thought he and, and Thompson, you know, throughout a, a limited amount of, you know, actual plays together because Vokalek was hurt first and then Thompson, uh, but but they seem to have developed a little bit of rhythm as well. You know we're gonna go this sub this sub who is it. M. Friedwick, 2012, says Wisconsin's QB Mertz is Nebraska's secret weapon. And uh, you know what? I think that, that, that that's a valid point. We're going to go, you know what? We're going to go out here and look up uh, Graham Mertz. I think uh, the thing about that's interesting about when people look at Nebraska and they go, oh, God, we're terrible and we have these problems. Well, a lot of other teams have those problems, too. I mean, uh, Iowa's offensive problems have been well documented. But if we look at, uh, you know, Graham Mertz on the season, Graham Mertz has 18 touchdowns and eight interceptions. I think that he can be a pretty much a, a turnover machine sometimes. <laughs> My God, it sounds like you're beating a dog. <laughs> you can but I, I, I mean, do I, think that you can I do that. think that if, yeah, I think I, that if I, I Nebraska. I microphone. Really? Yeah. It sounded like uh, you were, you know, but up, but up, but up, but up. <laughs> Maybe it doesn't go through to the, the the crowd. I don't know, huh? But yeah, Graham Mertz. I think you know Wisconsin's offense has been uh, all over the board this season, and I think that against our defense, again, if our offense can stay on the field a little longer, do some, pick up some first downs, and I just thought go three and out in 45 seconds like they did over and over against Michigan. Uh, I We have a shot in this game. And that's what... And it's at home. It's the last home game of the season before we go back on the road to crap-ass Iowa. Um, but I, really, I mean, Nebraska's inability to, you know, stay on the field offensively that was half the story. The other half being the defense unable to close out a, a Michigan possession. Um, but yeah, you're right. You can't have three plays in 40 seconds and expect it that don't go anywhere. It's not like you're, you know, three plays, but that last one's a 65-yard run or, or, you know, a touchdown run or pass. Uh, you can't you can't ho- hold on to the ball that minimum amount of time and expect to be successful. It's just, it's not going to happen. Um, Michigan was just, it, 
a bad it, it was a, a tough beat uh, a bad bad matchup this late in the season uh, when we're you know down as much as we are yeah I don't disagree <sighs> with Phil Spear here when he says that Travis Vokalek is underused um well, somebody has to be able to get him the ball, and you know, without Casey Thompson in there, nobody's been able to do anything. And Vince Watson checked me and said that Vocal like six seven. Uh, yeah, when I said Austin Allen was six nine. I didn't realize that uh, uh, Vocal was that tall. So I think that he is—he's uh, a senior, isn't he? Travis Vokalik. You would ask. He is a guy that I would think that he is one of those guys that you'd think would make an NFL roster because I think he's talented enough. But the problem is going to be is he's shown enough stuff to get on one. You know, maybe an undrafted free agent that gets out there. Yes, he is a senior. I was right. Wait, How about that? Which brings up a, a question that I had. What's the status on Thomas Fedone? Nobody, he's on a milk carton. I mean, he's still on the roster as far as I know, but I mean, he's just basically disappeared completely. Is that, um, is he still rehabbing from that injury? Yeah. Okay. I mean, we'll see if he ever sees the field, you know. And and again, with, with the coaching change, I mean, you never... You would think that any coach coming in would find a spot for, you know, like the one of the top tight ends, you know, tight end recruits in the country at that time. So, uh, Phil and I are thinking a lot of light tonight because uh, he, he's he's big on Travis Vokalek as am I, um, agreeing that yes that he was underutilized uh, even before Casey Thompson uh, last year. You did and Allen, and Vokalik was a nice uh, compliment, I think, but I always thought that Austin Allen was going to get, you know, uh, more attention from the quarterbacks uh, and, and yeah, the, a super senior um, right now, so good, good, uh, Joel's positive about Casey Thompson, and did I click that out? Nope, I didn't, son of a gun. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's, he's positive about uh, uh Casey's abilities this weekend against Wisconsin, which um, do we have anything else really to talk about as far as sadness in Ann Arbor? No, I we need to move on. <laughs> I mean, it, it was just such a boring game. I mean, it really was. Nothing really horrible happened. Nothing really excitable happened. So it was just, uh, I mean, it was terrible. Let's uh, let's hope that M. Friedrich is correct uh, with Casey's running ability, opening up tailback run efficiency, rather efficacy, and forcing the secondary to come down, which could open up Palmer, uh, Vokalik, and Washington. Uh, and also, not, not just Casey's running ability, but Anthony Grant as well. I mean, it, it's I feel like he's been hampered probably the same reason that Casey Thompson's been destroyed, and that's because we have a Swiss cheese offensive line. Um, and I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> now, what are, Phil's on board. Go ahead. Okay. I'm just going through stats here. 
Total defense, I mean, Michigan is top team in the nation at total defense at 232.8 yards per game. Illinois is second. Iowa is third. Minnesota is eighth. And Wisconsin is 14th, giving up 307.8 yards a game. These sound like a lot of yardage for top teams even. I mean, unless you're Michigan or Illinois or Iowa. So, you know, with Wisconsin and Iowa, we're still playing against two top 20 defenses. But I think the thing is, is, you know, with Casey Casey Thompson in there and Trey Palmer, I, I just think that that's a combination that uh, they really haven't seen this year. So... Again, it's going to be key that we can I get them into situations where they can be successful. I guess that's what I want to say there. And, and you I know, think, and then I think in regards to that Thompson to Palmer connect is that it can honestly happen anytime. You know, it can happen any any point on the field. Uh, all, and, and we've seen Palmer. You know, has a nice double move uh, that usually gets him into some open space. And Casey's. You know, I, I've been. I admit I'm doing the, the live reactions uh, on on Twitter, the Number Five Heart Podcast. I have been overusing the phrase "biscuit in a basket," and I will that that's fine. I love that phrase, but uh, that that is the it, it's the magic touch, I guess. Casey has you know he puts just the right amount of uh, oomph on the ball. You know that's not the the technical term, uh, but knows right where Trey's going to be, and then you know Trey's just got legs. I mean, he's got wheels for legs, um, and th- that's just—I think that's what makes that ping so special, because it could be a twenty-yard, you know, uh, on, a, on a slant route, but it, we've seen the big plays from those two, and just having. That option back, I think, is going to force defenses to have to adjust. I think the other thing is if Thompson goes out of this game where we don't have Chubba Purdy and we go to Logan Smothers, and then after that, they the news this week is that we will see Jared Jared Sinek, who is a a walk on quarterback from what Hastings, but. I guess I look at that. Heinrich Harburg? I don't know what happened to him. That's what I I keep thinking. This guy was six foot five, two twenty five, and I what what happened to Heinrich Harburg? What happened to Matt Masker? We need these uh, alliterative names as quarterback. <laughs> so Jared Jared Sinek, uh two hundred pound quarterback, six foot, a red shirt freshman from Hastings. Yeah, I was right. How about that? I was right twice. My God. Uh, but, I, you know, the news is we might see him in a quarterback, and I guess that'll be interesting. <laughs> I just, you know. Maybe we'll be ahead enough that he'll get in the game in the fourth quarter. We'll be winning by 30, and they'll just go, hey, we need to get this guy on the field. Let's, <laughs> let's save up. Uh, let's save Casey Thompson for Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. But the point is that uh, alliteration works very well for good guys. Peter Parker, Clark Kent, you know, Heinrich Harbor, Matt Masker. Right. Yeah. Come on, Husker coaching staff. What are you doing? You're dropping the ball. Yeah. Um, Simple Jack with some, with some good words here. Nebraska will finally beat Wisconsin with Casey back. It would be awesome if they finished the season with two wins. 
buddy. Preaching. Preaching to the choir. Uh, Phil says that if Casey can stay upright, they can win the next two. Um, yeah, a lot of that is unfortunately not up to Casey. <laughs> and we saw that, man, we saw that O-line breakdown uh, with Chubba and Logan in the backfield, didn't we? Yeah, well, it was against Michigan's front, so... Um, no and, you know, and again, again, anytime you run a stunt or a, a twist against our offensive linemen, they don't, they have absolutely no idea what to do with it. So, especially in pass protection, that that's not going to change until we get a new coaching staff. John, I want to talk a little bit about the state of the program. Oh my God, the state of the program. You raised an interesting You look question. so serious. Thank you. <laughs> That's, uh, no, no. Um, you raised an interesting question on some of that short-form media. I believe I saw the version on uh, Instagram, and you were saying, is the Nebraska fan base held hostage? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, it's the best slash worst version of Stockholm Syndrome you'll ever find. Um, and, and I think the, you, the second part of your question was how long, like, when did it actually begin? <laughs> um, I would say, that's a good question. When did we actually start to feel like, is 2012 too soon? 2012 too soon for what? To feel like we were being held hostage? <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. Yeah, you just let the past go. We let it. We let let it go. Let it. Oh my God, I'm not gonna do that. Do it, do it, John. <laughs> no. We, we can't get uh, kicked off YouTube if if you sing it. <laughs> we'll get kicked off if we play it, but not if you. Nobody sing wants it. that. Uh, no, let I go. just you know we don't don't do it. We are you know we're just talking about uh, each day as it goes by. I, you know, I keep, th- I keep thinking Twitter is going to die, and well, where else will I go for social media stuff? Because I have enjoyed Twitter, and I keep thinking I should get better at Instagram, but I'm really crappy at it because, uh, you know, you have to do everything on your phone, and I am not really that great with a phone uh, because you have to kind of edit. And Okay, honestly, one of the things, I, when, I, when I was going through my recovery for the brain injury, one of the things I did was a neuropsych evaluation. And what that is is a whole shitload. It's like hours of cognitive tests, verbal memory, uh, written memory, uh, recognizing shapes, uh, verbal stuff. I said that already. But the other thing is motor control. And what one of the tests showed that I lost a lot of fine motor control. When I died. So the whole, you know, trying to click on this thing that's just easy for other people is just, it's shit for me. And it, I, I would really like to get better at, I don't know, maybe try TikTok or Instagram reels, but ugh, it's, it's kind of brutal. I, you know, our YouTube shorts, I try those and I don't know. I would love to find a different way to do this without doing it on a phone. Maybe I'll get an iPad with big buttons. Remember years ago when we had landlines and you go over to your grandma's house and she'd have the buttons on the phone about that wide and she'd have a phone that was this big and she'd dial like this. Hey, John. <laughs> I, I have a question. 
I okay. Think we got off, off a little bit. We, we did, yeah. Let's go on. <laughs> As a fan base, we held hostage, right? Yes. Why? Why and do you house... say that 2012 is too early? Because you know we didn't. Because we didn't realize that back in 2012, and we had some good times. And you know, in the previous four years, we have convinced ourselves that good times were coming, and I think we could still do that again. But you know, 2012 brings in too much there, and, and then you'd say Nebraska held hostage day 8,029, and people just go, "Oh God, don't do this." You know, whereas if we would say something like Nebraska held hostage day 30, and we would just pick a date then it'd be okay because it seemed like it'd be over sooner. But if you say like Nebraska that. held hostage 8,030, day 8,039, it's like the end is never going to come. In the I, end, I the, we're going to get a new coach and hope will be renewed. Like that one Star Wars movie. The Last Jedi? <laughs> no, not that one. That had <laughs> nothing in it, though. <laughs> I, I know what you're trying to say, and I was just trying to be funny. That's the first one I went. To. Um, I I think 2012, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Yeah, we're still winning games, but we were the games we were losing. We were getting dismantled, and we still had Bo Pelini as head coach. I feel like we were held hostage because we were winning, so we felt okay with the fact that we were in an abusive relationship. Oh my God, you thought about this, didn't you? John, yeah. You posed the question, <laughs> what am I supposed to do, just wing it? I, I, I did, I just didn't expect this for an answer. I, we, it's like, I, you know, thank God that I've not been in an abusive relationship, you know, and, and I can say that my wife hasn't either. <laughs> uh, but you know it. There's the stereotypical. Uh, oh no, he. You know, I know he, he loves me. Meanwhile, you know Melvin Gordon's running for 400 yards. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, I. It's there was there was glimmers of hope that you know the the off the field or sideline issues would. Uh, resolve themselves and we would still be able to win nine or ten games uh, a season now it's just I mean you said it best a year ago right there is no hope <laughs> where I mean and, and that there, was there are ago, times so I, I regret that a lot but, you know <laughs> but, you, but there are oh, shirts available <laughs> copy corn yeah uh, I, you know, we're going to get a new coach, and everybody's going right. to complain about it, and this will be a hard off season. But you know, Did, we'll just we'll just see what tomorrow brings. Do you ever feel like the last few years we've been James Con in misery? No, I never felt like that. I feel like we have, and you know, because we're we're trapped because Husker football is is like. What are we gonna do? Pick another team? Like that's, okay. that's not Okay. I think we need to stop here. 
I think we need to stop for a minute. You put a question, John. Yes, I did. I did. But you're going into abusive relationships. <laughs> and what I'm going to point out is this. Is I want you guys on the comments can make comments about this. I Greg is going into the area where we're in a, an abusive relationship with Nebraska football. I consider the abusive relationship part of this uh, with the last coach that we got rid of. Because I think that relationship was abusive. I don't think our relationship with Husker football is necessarily abusive. Because we still get joy out of it sometimes. We just haven't gotten very much joy uh, out of it in, well, for a while. <laughs> and the thing about abusive relationships, Greg, is you don't really realize you're in an abusive relationship until you get out of it. And then you look back and go, oh, my God, what have I what was I thinking? What was I doing? And that's why I look at it and say, uh, was our abusive relate? You really need to pick this. Was our abusive relationship with Husker football or was it with that guy we fired? I don't really even feel like saying his name anymore. I really don't. Fuck that guy. I know you don't. Uh, Portal of Wisdom, good to see uh, uh, them back. They're, they're a regular uh, viewer. I, I turn to believe, you know, 20 something short years ago, there were like Friends and Seinfeld and uh, Mad About You or whatever was on NBC's must see TV lineup on Thursday nights, and now it's us. <laughs> but Portal of Wisdom says that extra second put back on the board against Texas and Big 12 cha uh, Championship. Uh, in 2012, killed things. Where would we be if that didn't happen? Sue threw McCoy all over that field. That's a very good question. You know, yeah, we would be in the same place. Except that we wouldn't say, we would, it was 2009, but we would be, still be in the same place because we have made the same decisions. We would have done the same things going forward. We, Bo Pelini still would have been fired when he was fired uh, by an idiot athletic director. And Bo Pelini wouldn't have changed his defense because he said he never needed to change his defense. And he would have continued to get – there would literally probably would be no change other than we would have a Big 12 championship. And instead of saying we haven't won a championship for 20-some years, we would just say, well, they haven't won a championship for a decade. But I don't really think anything would have changed. Some people bring up – some think – People bring up, well, what if that former coach guy that his name I don't want to say uh, would have been able to play that first game against Akron? Would have made a fucking bit of difference because the coach was still a, a person who just didn't even do his job. Okay, so I think Phil, I think Phil is in none the, of this would change. I think Phil Spears in uh, uh, John's camp on this one. He says, yeah, if Trev hadn't fired him after Georgia Southern. Phil was done watching, and so you were in a um, an abusive relationship or, or held hostage by the previous coach. I still say, in a more macro level, because again, we're not gonna like you, you can't jump on a bandwagon. You know, you can't be like, well, I'm gonna go root for Alabama, even though we got more teeth than they do, uh, or, or Georgia, or or. Or obviously you're not going to root for Texas or USC. Um, Phil, stop it. That is not even funny. How dare you? <laughs> for, those, for those of you who are, are just listening, Phil says, hell, Akron might have won. Stop it. Uh, right. That is true. But I, I, still, I still think on, on the bigger scope that, you know, we're, we're still holding out hope. 
you know, things will get better. And I do believe, uh, I, 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 I joke about what you said a year and change ago about there being no hope. I, I do believe hope in, in better things are on the horizon. In my core, I'm, where is it? Where's the damn list? It's somewhere around here. I have my 12 and 0 <laughs> preseason prediction. Uh, with a heavy dose of Kool-Aid, I get it. Um, but at the end of the day, it was, um, you know, filled with hope. You know, if, yeah. if if things had gone the way they could have gone, we'd be looking at a he who apparently will not be named would still be our head coach. Uh, we could be sitting at a at a lofty eight and two. You know, I mean, anything's possible. It's just that, man, when 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 it went downhill, it went downhill fast, and I. Is said then. You know, m- most stand- most Ponzi schemes when they fall apart, they come apart all at once. <laughs> well done, John. Uh, well, it's that's honestly that's really what it was. It was a giant yep. fucking con job Ponzi scheme. That's all it was. And when it came apart, you remember the podcast, like at the beginning of the season, when I said, "When this turns, it'll all turn at once." The fan base, when when they turn against Scott Frost, oh my God, I said his name, we will all turn together at one time. And that's exactly what happened on the night of the Georgia Southern game. Yeah, there was no no coming back after that. And and, and I'm not, all I'm saying is that in, in a parallel universe somewhere, you know, if you believe in such things, there's a, a, I'll say it, you're not gonna like it. I'm gonna say his name. There's a Scott Frost-led Nebraska program in some parallel universe that has been to the college football playoffs. You guys, it's think not ours. It's not ours. <laughs> um, you realize, Greg? Realize, Greg, that the choice, the choice here is not. I'm not going to be a Nebraska fan. I'm going to go be an Alabama fan. The choice is also, I'm not going to do this anymore, and then you just go do something else. I spent I, I spent today at a customer site, and, and I spent a good part of the day working with a man who hasn't had internet or cable for 15 years. Wow. Yeah. And and I said, well, what the hell is that like, sir? And he said, you know, it's, uh, it's good for... He he seemed like a pretty happy guy. He said the only frustrating part is online banking, and he sh- he said here I use my phone for all of that. Yeah, otherwise I don't I don't have internet, I don't have streaming, I don't have cable TV. And I said, what the hell do you do? And he does woodworking in his spare time. And then he started showing me photos of all his woodworking projects, and I thought that's really healthy. It is. It's not me, <laughs> but it's healthy. We've got a comment up here that uh, people watch have been able to read now. And, and uh, for those of you just listening, I'll read it to you. Portal of Wisdom says, really wanted to believe, he who shall not be named, had matured since we were in high school in neighboring towns, but I guess some things never change. Curious if any team will take a chance on him now. Uh, and that was something you and Todd discussed this past yeah. Monday uh, about, yeah, I mean, he needs to take a little time off probably. You know, I don't think he needs to rush back into a job. Um, but... Um, uh, you know that, that he could be a coordinator or assistant somewhere, or a head coach in a when there's less line. You know. Well, Todd was very diplomatic in answering that question. 
I probably wouldn't have been that diplomatic at all, which is why I let Todd answer that question. <laughs> I, I, Phil Speary, uh, uh, you asked a good one here, but I think we're going to try to move forward a little bit away from he who shall not be named. Um, and, and Owen, well, let's highlight your question here. The, the beginning of the end, so to speak, uh, Owen says, can we all agree that the 2001 Colorado game was the start of the decline of Husker football? Is seeing that game beat the winning ways out of our program? I think that that game uh, was a sign that Tom Osborne was no longer a coach and that, you know, listen, there are a lot of people that say Frank should have never been fired. Frank would have been fired uh, sooner or later anyway. Just stupid firing him after 9-3 season. And the reason why he would have been fired is because he wasn't legendary. I think Frank was a good coach, but not good enough for Nebraska, honestly. Uh, either When you look at Tom Osborne, the guy was one of the best coaches that ever coached the game of football. And if you say that then you really can't just throw other people up in there with him. Like, you know, Frank Solich could have, you know, that was a sign that Frank Solich and his staff were, they were declining and they didn't have the same moxie and they didn't have the same put together that Osborne's staff did and, and, you know, whatever. And, but yeah, it is, it is. If you want to pick a seminal moment uh, of what started or was it, what is indicative of the decline, that's it. I'm glad we're we're bringing up Solich and Osborne because much, it's been much ballyhooed that this is the most important uh, Nebraska head coaching hire potentially in history. I would actually argue that, and I would say, even though there wasn't a national search and, and it was a you know a foregone conclusion, I would say that. Tom Osborne's successor was the most important, you know, football hiring decision at Nebraska. And look, I love me some fighting Franks. Uh, and, and, you know, he had a very long and, and good enough career at Ohio that I think they're naming the field after him or something like that. I mean, uh, but was not fit to be the head coach at Nebraska. Frank? And and Frank, and and because of that, you know, not to use the quote revolving doors, but there there was a big drop off, and there there's all all and all we have really are are hypotheticals and and revisionist you know uh, etc. But you don't you I'd be curious to know. What other coaches could have stepped in that spot with the talent that Nebraska had and maintain momentum rather than, you know, over the course of four years, lose all that momentum and be out on your ass? Oh, you mean in 2001? I mean, no, just after Tom Osborne. If, if, if he hadn't named his heir, as, you know, Frank Solis, who could have you know, Ben Osborne's successor. And then, like I said, kept that momentum going. It had to be Frank. It had to be Frank. These are journeys we have to take. 
but it's do you remember the do you remember the series Avatar: The Airbender? This no. is gonna <laughs> this is gonna be a really okay. I probably shouldn't make that reference. Oh, that fuck it! I'm gonna make it. Avatar: The Airbender has to be one of the best series cartoon series any series ever made. You know, uh, and in that series, there the Fire Nation attacks the rest of the nations, and the son of the Lord of the Emperor, the Fire Nation, gets cast out of his kingdom, loses his uh, honor, and his father banishes him. And the, a lot of his journey is about going back to the Fire Nation and trying to rekindle and regain his honor. But then when he does that, he realizes that was nothing. That was something he never wanted in the first place. But he still had to make that journey throughout that story to discover that. Nebraska had to hire Frank Solich after Tom Osborne because he was the guy. There's just certain things we have to do as journeys in our lives and journeys in our lives together. You know, maybe this whole thing, like I said, when you go into an abusive relationship, you don't know really you're in one until you get out of it. And then you go, what the fuck was I doing? And then, right, so follow up then. I'm really going off a, a <laughs> into the forest here, aren't I? <laughs> you know, I, I have a follow up question to your uh, Avatar The Last Airbender metaphor. Yeah. As far as as far as Nebraska football, is it about the journey or is it about the destination? Because the destination would be the quote unquote uh, return to prominence to you know dare I say college football playoff, and that sure sounds a hell of a lot more enjoyable than the journey we've been on. No, I, I, will we be more appreciative of wins? Will we be more appreciative of, uh, of, of our future, of our future coach, if he starts winning games? Yeah. <laughs> I, you, for a, for a day. <laughs> you, you we, can't, you, you can't appreciate uh, sunshine until you've had a little bit of uh, clouds and, and rain. I, I, I get that. Um, I, I have been, as I mentioned, been pinning a lot of uh, questions. We're going to jump to the, uh, I think, you know, as far as the state of the program, we, we discussed all the topics that I had kind of pinned. Uh, I think this is in chronological order to, uh, you know, when when they were typed. Uh, so we have some back-to-back -back ones from Russell Mavis. We'll hit this first one here. Uh, regardless, the next head coach, uh Regardless of the next head coach, do we at least get six wins? There's two things I'll say about that. Two things. Number one, um, number one, I think that you look at this football team and and look that they're kind of close to winning games, even though they're not very good at football and they're missing key components to their entire team, like offensive tackles that can actually play offensive tackle. <laughs> so there's some hope in that. But I think a lot of that is going to be dependent upon who we hire and who stays. And can we get the offensive line together? Because I think that's really the biggest problem that we have is playing in a league where you have to have a really good offensive line if you're going to be able to win, win games whatsoever. Uh, I mean, the good the good thing is is that let's see we're gonna, you know, Wisconsin's gonna have a new coach. Uh, oh, come on, who else fired their coach? Tom Allen at Indiana. There's a good chance he'll be fired at the end of the year. 
I mean, Pat Fitzgerald still has to. Fitzgerald's not he, going he, Yeah, but he has to um, get his shit together. I am guessing that he has to find at least a new defensive coordinator. So there's going to be a lot of turnover and change in our division. And the divisions aren't going away next year. They're going away possibly the year after. So, you know, it's six wins. Yeah, I think it's pretty doable. I, we do have some good players. I mean, we have some good skill players. And we have some, you know, what is it? Uh, Hartzog in the back, sec, defensive secondary. Uh, Hartzog, yeah. uh, as a linebacker, a very young linebacker. Freshman, uh, a true freshman, I believe. Yeah, I think Luke Reimer should be back for another year. I think, you know, there's some core players that you can build around and get things going, so... I, you know, and then we have the nil, and we have the portal, and God knows what we can pick up out of there, although he wouldn't count on any linemen. So, yeah, okay. Just just time, time out on that. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, I would like to answer a question. Uh, yes, and I'll tell you why. Two wins left, uh, two games left this season. Both will. We win them. We're a five-win team, and, you know, that's only one win, uh, you know, away from six, so. I'm thinking that I'm thinking that next year's coach will be a plus three win coach. I think no matter however we finish out this year, we'll be at least three wins better next year. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I hope. Yeah, I, I mean, hope somebody, somebody that actually pays attention. I hope somebody writes that down. The team. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I hope somebody write that down and come back a year from now and tell me how close I am to being being right or wrong because I'll forget by. The the time I, this podcast is, you know, produced and, and edited, etc. So, uh, all right. So that's one from Russell. Uh, turns out that we both just uh, uh, favored it or, or, or starred the the same question. So uh, we'll move on. Um, this is what I want to talk on. That's why I kind of wanted you to hold off on the NIL because Matt Hanson, one of two Hansons uh, in our our. Uh, audience tonight says i don't think nebraska is that desirable of a coaching destination because of fan expectations and no roster depth is it a hard sell for trev i'm going to go first on this one because i know you're going to take the nil route and and the facilities etc look if nothing else you know you're going to get a big buyout so why not spend a couple years in lincoln and make Thirty thousand, or I'm sorry, fifteen thousand, or fifteen million dollars extra while you're at it. If, if nothing else, it's a good financial decision, regardless of your on-the-field success, John. I, you know, desirable of a coaching destination. You know, I've been going through these coaching videos on on YouTube. I did Chris Kleiman today, and I think really what I've concluded is we kind of sell this like that, like. Put it this way. When you write a book, you have to know who your audience is. All right? A lot of people, when they write books, they'll go, well, who wants to buy my book? Well, everybody will want to buy it. That's fucking bullshit. It's just a lie. Right? So I wrote a memoir about my death and recovery. You know who mostly buys it? Older women who read memoirs. And what, what is that about? That's about a fit. Who fits this product or who fits this place? So it's not, I don't think about being a desirable job for everybody. It just has to be a desirable job for the one guy that we need to be here and be the best coach he can be and be the guy that wants to win games for Nebraska. 
So is it a desirable overall coaching destination? We have money. We have a dedicated fan base. We have nil. Uh, you know, the money for paying the coach. We also have nil. Uh, we, have, we are in the Big Ten West, which we can be competitive in. Uh, we're still one of the biggest brands in football. Uh, do we need a lot of rebuild? Now, the downsides of that, I've, all my coaching videos have been going through pros and cons. And you mentioned two of the cons right there, fan expectations, which pretty much every program that anybody gives a shit about has those same expectations. And if you think we're insane at all, go visit Tennessee or visit Auburn or visit you know one of the SEC schools that isn't named Vanderbilt. Uh, no roster depth, I think that's probably a big issue for a lot of them is they look at it and they go, oh, my God, do I have to win right away? And I can't do that with this offensive line and this defensive line. So it's going to take me two, three years, and are people going to be angry? So that is a that is a very good point. I think that is kind of a big – that it, that will be a hard sell to people who don't have the stomach for it. But coaches, are by their nature, are very competitive people. They also have very large egos, which protects them against being beat to death by a fan base like ours. So, you know, again, it's not, do we need to be attractive to every coach out there? No, we just need to, we need to have Matt Rule say, yeah, I'm going to go coach there. Or Lance Leipold go, yeah, I, I'm going to take this job. That's what we need. That guy, and then that guy calling guys and going, hey, you want to be my offensive coordinator? We're at Nebraska. Fuck no! And then you call the next guy. You know, defensive coordinator, same thing. There you go. John Johnston's been dead, never been to Europe. <laughs> available on uh, Amazon, as well as his newer book, Manage Your Damage or My Damage. Which one is it? Manage Your Damage. Perfect. I keep checking um, my Twitter account to see the Elon Musk people beat up. I'll what? shut it hey. off. Hey. Who's here with you trying to have a conversation actively now? It's me. You are, Greg, and so it's is everybody. GREG. Uh, it is. My biggest regret, John, I'm going to carry this regret with me for a long time, probably till the next time I see it, is I, I saw you six weeks ago. I was already in. I owned the book. I did not bring the book with uh -huh. me. And as you can see, there's no autograph. Yeah, that's true. So I, I clearly fail as a uh, as a as a fan of your work, uh, folks. If you haven't checked out John's books yet, please do. Uh, it's it's insightful. You learn a lot about the, uh, John's prostate, which is really weird because he had a heart attack and a brain injury. Uh, but he just wanted to really brag on that to pooper. Uh, <laughs> that's not how you sell a book. <laughs> no, but none of that's true. Uh, you, you do learn a lot about John um, and, and the process of his recovery in his own self-deprecating way. So uh, I highly encourage. Ben had never been to Europe. I haven't read Manager Damage yet because he hasn't sent me a copy. Thanks a lot, John. Um. <laughs> well, it's for heart attack survivors. I mean, that's fine. It's, very speci uh, it's a very specific book. Well, Josh also says that older women buy your books because of your Silver Fox pictures on the back. Uh, riding your Civil War cavalry horse with your uniform open. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's an interesting comment because I mentioned that I worked with a guy that, uh, you know, didn't have the Internet. I used mm -hmm. to work with a guy who wished that we still lived in the 1880s. 
<laughs> we're, he would always talk about, you know, all we'd have to worry about is getting on our horses. And we'd all look at him like, oh my god, what the fuck are you talking about? We'd all die of dysentery and consumption, you know? <laughs> Lead poisoning! You know, things like that, so... Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, whomever that new coach is going to be. Brian says he's going to have to build his own depth just like everywhere else. Uh, I'm sure by now he says the luster's definitely off our program as a top destination, but it's still a good opportunity. And Brian, we don't disagree. Yeah. I think, you know, I think that there's a lot of... Uh... Okay, I... You know, I was working today and I was working in, and I had a lot of security issues. And one of my clients is having problems with, it, it's kind of like a crypto thing, but it's encryption on, on sensitive documents and thing like that. And as I was sitting there trying to describe this to people, I thought, I'm too fucking old to do this anymore. We need somebody younger to explain all the, take the time. And Don Dre says, lady likes Don. Yes, they do. Of course they do. It's only one that really matters the most, though. Well, two, I have a daughter. But, <laughs> uh, or if you throw Esther in there, I guess the dog. But, what was I saying? I, you know, I kind of look out there and I thought about coaches in this regard. And I think a lot of coaches are probably looking at this and going, I don't want to deal with this nil shit. And I want to deal with, uh, you know, all this different portal stuff. And I think I'll just co coach it program where I can, like Chris Kleiman, what I was thinking about is, you know, that guy is in a probably a very comfortable situation. He works for an athletic director he trusts. They're very loyal to each other. He doesn't have a huge amount of expectations on him because Kansas State also has a functional basketball program. But, uh, and they're one of the worst programs in history. So he may be a guy whose ego doesn't say, I need to go to the biggest program and win the biggest titles. I mean, where an Urban Meyer is, my ego says I need to go to the best programs and win a national title at them in order to validate who I am as a coach. So those are two different people. And again, and again, when you're looking for a coach or we want a coach to come to Nebraska, it's going to be about who fits into our environment and who fits into our program as much as it's going to be, you know, is this the winningest coach ever? And I think that's one thing that we need to take away from this search is that realizing that Trev Albert's timeline is not our timeline and really realizing that Trev Alberts is going to do the best job he can to find the coach that fits best into our environment and can win games. Because if he doesn't win games, we'll, you know, we'll never mention his name again. Well, let's talk about another uh, school's coaching situation. Uh, Doomsday Diesel. That's just fun to say. Uh, see, alliteration. Heinrich Harbar, Doomsday Diesel. He's bringing some good stuff. Why did Wisconsin fire their head coach if they haven't changed any of their plays since? Uh, Mickey Joseph said they look the same as before. Well, Mr. Diesel, I can't answer you, that question. You can't? No. I, I think if you talk to Wisconsin people, things were going, they were coming apart. They weren't coming apart like they were with us. But for Paul Christ, I mean, before the season started, one of the Wisconsin guys I know said, I feel like there's something going to happen this season where Wisconsin needs to be really good or Paul Christ has to be fired. And I think almost all of the Wisconsin people I talked to were like, Paul Christ is going to be fired this year unless we're really, really good. 
And I, they all knew what was coming. They just didn't think it would happen in midseason. So why did they fire their head coach? Uh, because they weren't going in a direction that the athletic director needed them to go. And I think if you talk to, again, Wisconsin people, they'll say that recruiting had completely come apart at the seams. Uh, Paul Christ was really not that interested in in doing a lot of recruiting and things were coming apart so uh changed any of their plays since you know once you're into a season you don't really get the you don't you can't really change a lot of your offense i don't think you know because you've taught this and taught this and suddenly you can't just go oh by the way we're revamping and going under center or we're going to run the gun now or we're going to do something we you just can't do that in the middle of a season so uh, and let's face it, Wisconsin has been running the same offense for uh, since Barry Alvarez was there. Was you know, except for that one championship game where they ran shit tons of jet sweeps and destroyed some team. You know, other than that, they've pretty much been running the same damned offense. So yeah, that was painful. Um, yeah, and Dondre and Beetle B both kind of saying the same thing here. Uh, Beetle B says Wisconsin getting ahead of it. And Don says Wisconsin nipping the problem in the butt. They weren't yeah. letting a problem persist, you know. Um, and then, uh, so, uh, and Friedrich says, Wisconsin's going down in Lincoln. Mark my words, go big red. You know, it'd be nice. We could use a win. We need a dub. You know, I'd and like Owen, to do a post-game reaction with a win. One piggybacks on that say. Let's say Nebraska beats Wisconsin. I was soundly with the Mickey talk buzz again. We can all say, see, he was down to starting quarterback. That's what's holding him back. Uh, yeah, of course we will because we feel good about things and then we feel good about Mickey because he won games and that's how we do things. So, yeah, and the, the, again, we don't have any information about a coaching search or what's happening with people. So that absence of information, you know, we fill that void with our own made-up information or speculation. So, yeah, everybody would be, yeah, yeah, Mickey. I, I can see that. If we get to a bowl game, people are going to be like, yeah, we should hire Mickey, even though he's really honestly not a very good choice because of the lack of experience. <sighs> Okay, Jose says, is it me or Greg's audio choppy? We've been working with our service provider to try to figure out the audio issues and figure out our uh, uh, what, what's going on with the platform and stuff like that. So if we're still having experience, if you're still experiencing that, uh, we are working on it to get it better. And I apologize. Greg apologizes too. <laughs> no, it, it's... Uh... Yeah, Jose, it, it's uh, luckily I've got a terrific, dare I say, mentor who's walking me through a lot of my uh, technical deficiencies. This, this guy right here, um, and we we had a, about an hour, hour and a half communication a couple of days ago, um, trying to figure out the problems. And the problem is my laptop's not terribly slow. But it only is uh, working on a two and a half gigahertz speed, and, and apparently, apparently it could go five G. Yeah, so, we need to get it connecting five gigahertz and, and eliminate channel interference. I have no other channels operating. Uh, Patrick Earhart says John needs to braid his hair. 
Did you do that? You know uh, what? Uh, like you know what? Nelson style. I don't know how to braid it. my hair. I don't know how to braid my hair, Patrick. So you have to come to my house and braid it for me. <laughs> oh God. I know for a fact of a daughter and Miss Coronation could braid your hair Willie Nelson style, get you a red uh, bandana across. He already took that. Oh, and I, I don't I don't smoke marijuana, so I could probably learn how to sing Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain, though. And then we'd, it would terrify people. <clears throat> what about a little Merle Haggard, uh, We Don't Smoke Marijuana in Muskogee? Hey, we... <laughs> so, uh, all right, well, let's get to it. It's time where... What are we getting to? Predictions. Okay. Uh, all right, real quick here from Brian. Um... The one thing we probably don't find out is who told Trev no as he goes through his progressions. You're right. Uh, depends how Mickey falls in as far as head coach. Rule could make him recruiting coordinator, assistant head coach, etc. Um, yeah, we won't know. But I, will, I would like to point out something. Do you remember when Lincoln Riley announced he was going to USC? Yes. Nobody knew about that ahead of time. Nobody knew about that at all. And it just happens. <laughs> it just, all of a sudden, Lincoln Riley was going to USC and the Oklahoma fan base went insane. But that is an example of what happens when you keep a coach search completely quiet in terms right. of who is, knows what's going on and who doesn't. So I'm not saying we're going to suddenly show up with, I don't know, Nick Saban or something, but, you know, it, we don't know, and it, I'm sure it'll be a surprise to everybody when it finally happens. And it'll be it'll be fun. It'll just it's it will be fun because you'll just say this is fun. Phil appreciates what I posted here on the video. Jose says if John gets ponytails, I'd subscribe to his only corns. <laughs> that is just that that is a That's bizarre good. comment. <laughs> and then it's kind of terrifying. Uh, last uh, pre prediction. Uh, comment here is from Owen says, "Say we went out and do get a bowl game offer. Do we decline the bowl to get the new coaching staff moved in and running, or take the offer and resume the search afterwards?" I would say that probably by the Big Ten championship, we would know. We we may not know, but a decision would have been made if it's not been made already. Uh, so I don't know necessarily how much search we need to do. I think it would be nice. For for all the upheaval, everything else uh, uh, that that these players have been through, if they could earn a trip to a bowl to go to a yeah, bowl, yeah, I agree with um, that. It, it's I know at five and seven, it's a participation trophy at best, uh, but you know it, it's going to give. There's there's something to be said to to reward because some of these, believe it or not, some of these players are on. You know, like Mickey Joseph's, even in an interim basis, he's that third head coach. Like some of these players yeah. are Mike Riley players. Not many anymore. You know, there's been uh, enough, uh, quite a bit of roster turnover, um, certainly. But I think, you know, for the ones who've, who've stuck it out, who, who are, you know, uh, Huskers uh, till they die or, or, you know, whatever, um, I, I think it'd be nice, a uh, little, little bonus for them. So that, that, That'd be me. That that'd be my way to approach it. Owen. 
I think, uh, you know, years ago, I remember, uh, oh, who was it, Bill McCartney at Colorado, went to a bowl game and said, I'm going to do a whole new offense and we're going to start working on it before the bowl game. They went into the bowl game and they were terrible with their <laughs> new offense. But, you know, they started ahead of time. So if we do have a new coaching staff and they're available, I mean, we can go ahead and just start working on shit ahead of time. And, I, you know, I mean, Greg's right. I, these players have been through some kind of hell with their football program, and I think it would be a really nice reward for them to get a free vacation. You know, it'd be cool. They deserve swag. Yeah, for sure. Think of the ones who had their, you know, their 2020 season shortened, you know, and and maybe some of them have been given an extra year of eligibility because of it. Uh, You know, we talk about, like, six-year seniors like Vokalek, et cetera. Um, And, you know, just... I'd say just let them, let them have, let them have that one little uh, nugget of, of positivity. All right, predictions. We want to know your predictions this Saturday, Nebraska and Wisconsin from Memorial Stadium in Lincoln. Uh, put your scores in the chat, John. We will start with you, sir. What with Casey Thompson playing? I'm going to say 28 to 20, Nebraska. Because really? I do think he adds, yeah, I think he adds to the offense. I think we can just, uh, yeah, Trey Palmer is fantastic with Casey Thompson, a quarterback, because somebody can actually give him the ball. And I think that makes, that opens up a whole different, uh, you know, if, you, if we're us and we cannot throw the ball uh, and we become one-dimensional, be, we might as well be uh, no-dimensional because if all they have to do is tee off against the run, then we, we can't do anything. So I'll go twenty-eight to twenty, Nebraska, just because I really want to. I want to. I want to speak it into action or speak it into reality. I don't know what other phrases to put there. Yeah, I think I think that's. Um, uh, yes, yeah, speaking into. Yeah, speaking into reality. I think it's, it's um, a good way to phrase it. So, John, if you see more scores, I'm gonna try to read the ones that we have. Uh, we've got Beetle B. A little, little negative side, 28-7 Wisconsin. Uh, Josh uh, says uh, 24-21 Huskers. Phil says he's going to be there and uh, watching him freezing his ass off. It says Nebraska 24-20. Owen says 31-17 Huskers. Always good. And Highlander says 24-27 Nebraska. Now, traditionally, we would like the higher number first. Otherwise, you make my heart sad. <laughs> uh, I, I appreciate that Owen is on board and, and, and knows uh, how we operate around here. Uh, James says uh, 27-17 Nebraska. Um, we, let's see, make sure I'm getting all these. If Casey stays healthy the last two games, we have a decent chance in each game. Portal of Wisdom, don't disagree. Um, terrible, just terrible, says 21-17 Wisconsin. Oh. Uh, uh, Jose, liking this one a little bit better. Seventeen, thirteen, Nebraska, and Owen's, Owen's ready for the for the another round of Kool Aid in that big red cup that only I carry. This this tractor fire, by the way, uh, it, it's a good brown ale. Just a, a hint of heat on the back for the smoky chipotle pepper. Um, it's good. It, it's it's a 
It's a throwback to a bygone era. <laughs> it's. Was that referring to my drinking days or what? No. <laughs> um, because even without alcohol, there, there's one thing I know. Even without alcohol, you're you're all smoky chipotle pepper. We're all fire, <laughs> all heat. Um, all right, we'll, we'll get the big old cup here. Uh, Palmer and Washington due to abuse a secondary 34-24 in Nebraska. And, um, the, Phil, I don't know if I even want to read this one. Out. John, can you read this one out loud? Hopefully the new cage Phil Spear says hopefully the new coach Kool-Aid tastes better. So here's where we're at. Case Thompson's back. He's gonna be I think pretty motivated. Uh, because whether he feels the pressure, uh, and I'm not talking pressure of the defense from offensive line that uh, you know Let's more, you know, never mind. Uh, he, I, I think he feels the pressure, uh, the burden of being the guy. Um, or maybe not feels it. I, I think he acknowledges I think he welcomes it. Uh, what I've seen of Casey Thompson this year uh, is that he, he's a gamer. Like He's going to be out there. I think he, he's, he's a fighter. He's a battler. Look, I said the same thing about Adrian Martinez, and that's not taking anything away from Adrian Martinez. Look at – I mean, he, he's – He's a gamer. It's just under similar circumstances, he didn't have the right people around him. Casey Thompson is going to do some things this coming Saturday, uh, and, and he's going to have a game. I think Anthony Grant is going to return to form, uh, but he's got to be used right. And he's got to be used... Uh, look, it, it's a Wisconsin defense that traditionally gives us Fits right. I mean, is it too much of a rebound? Yeah, that's fine. Um, I think the there, it's going to be all about play call, and they're going to have to dial up some quick releases. Um, maybe that means that Trey Palmer is not going to be able to, you know, run thirds downfield and then catch the biscuit in the basket, as I like to say. Um, although that would be nice. We're going to have to see Casey Thompson move out of the pocket and have to see defense clamp down and make Graham Mertz, you know, prove that he can actually play quarter. And he, he sucks. Graham Mertz sucks. I, I right? hope he sucks in Lincoln. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, we, we've got – I like our secondary – I like guys like Malcolm Hartsock, uh, Marquise Buford, um, and up until maybe a, a, a bad decision um, that was made, you know, I, I was I was a big fan of. Um, oh crap! I don't want I don't want to dwell on it, but we all know the the, the second the, the corner the safety who uh, caused some trouble this past weekend. I like Luke Reimers. I like, man, Hausman's a, a beast, and he's going to be a beast. I think we have enough playmakers on defense to stop the Badger playmakers on offense. It's going to come down to something. Look, I'm 
seen a lot of one score games. Joel just uh, throw it up and throw it up, throw up another one. 28-21 Huskers. Nebraska's gonna break 30 points this game. There's not a doubt in my mind. I'm gonna say something crazy. I'm gonna say 35-24. Okay. 35-24 Huskers. We're gonna finish. We're gonna you know, actually sustain, sustain, and and finish some drives. You know, if we if we manufacture points through a pick six or a blocked punt, you know, there you go. Is this really Merce's first game in Lincoln? That sounds about right. I mean, he's I, he's not that old yet. I thought he'd been around forever. No, it just seems like forever. Well, Phil, when you're in an abusive relationship, every day is a is a year. <laughs> and Phil, I am crazy. Sometimes I just stare at the camera and wait for John to acknowledge. Maybe he's too busy fighting with uh, Musk. Rats. No, I am not doing Musk that rats. anymore. Uh, uh, John, Graham Mertz you... is a junior. Okay. Uh, John, do you know what the best adult dating site is? Uh, <laughs> Apparently it's that one that keeps coming in here. I always wonder. Oh, I don't wonder. I know what's going on. I mean, these people create burner accounts everywhere and they I show up, it. you know, on, on YouTube. Okay. So we'll see. That. Um, so that's uh, my prediction. 3521. No, 3524. I've already forgot. John, you said... I think I said 28 to 20, didn't I? Sure. <laughs> okay. All I know is that for, for most of us, we're predicting Nebraska win. And hey, that right there proves John wrong. Because John said there's what? no hope. Oh, wow. And we're, all, and we're all hopeful. Yeah, we are. Because, uh, and I always go back to Shawshank Redemption. Hope, Hope is, is a, a good dangerous thing. thing. Oh, is it, is it, what? Hope go ahead. Hope is a good thing, perhaps the best of things. And no good thing ever dies. Oh, wow. Okay. Say what the now. For the founder and fearless leader and the dashingly dressed John Dam Johnston, I'm Greg Mahochko. This is the Five Heart Podcast. We remind each and every week that five heart is all the heart you need. John? Go Big Red! And until he returns, I get to say, win the damn game.